listen, Christopher Bell got himself a big, big duel win. Toyota swept it. Him and Tyler Reddick swept the duels uh, from Daytona this past weekend, which is past week, last week. And uh, Toyota's, man, where they stack up for the 500, going to be bonkers. Had a chance to spend about the 10 minutes with Christopher Bell, the dude who, frankly, is one of the front runners to win the 500 and to win the championship this year. So much we touch base in here. His workout regimen, his go-to workout song, uh, manufacturers versus manufacturer versus manufacturer. And there's one nugget in here where it surprised me. Daytona is not the biggest track for him to win. It's somewhere else, but it makes sense after you hear it. Christopher Bell here in the Freak Nation. We've been talking about your music selection, and you're not aficionado in music. Like, I could play a song, you might know it, but you might not name, know the band. But your face lit up when you said Lincoln Park. What do you do to Lincoln Park to get fired up? Uh, I don't know. They, uh, they've they got some good music, and that is my, my workout playlist, so... Um... Enjoy me some Lincoln Park. Is it all Lincoln Park, or does it go Lincoln Park into bands that are similar to Lincoln Park? I know you're getting uncomfortable because I'm I'm not going to go deep on these questions with music, but it, it's all similar to Lincoln Park. I would say so. I mean, it's just Pandora Radio, so uh, whatever comes on Pandora on the Lincoln Park station, um, that's what I listen to. What does Christopher Bell do when he works out? Uh whatever my coach tells me to do. Sometimes it's cardio. Sometimes it's weightlifting. Um, it seems like more race season stuff is more cardio. And then, uh, whenever we get to the off season, a little bit more muscle building, uh, weightlifting stuff. So yeah, whatever I get coached to do that day, that's what's on my agenda. I don't care if it's the chili bowl or if it's the Daytona 500. I'm fascinated at heart monitors or the, or, or your heart rate drivers in general and how some drivers can keep it bam right there. What does Christopher Bell's heart rate do from a chili bowl to a Daytona 500? Yeah, I would say that it's, it's, the dirt track races are typically they're shorter and probably higher heart rate. Um, the asphalt stuff, it depends on where you're at. Like at the end of the Daytona 500, you're coming down to the white flag. Normally it's high, but, uh, you know, those middle parts of the race, it'll be, I don't know, a little bit lower. Um, I generally have a, a pretty low resting heart rate. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think that's part of my, my strength is I'm able to keep my heart rate a little bit lower than some of my competitors. But, um, yeah, whenever you come to the end of these things, it's always I've never raced professionally. I've done some celebrity races, road courses, dirt, demolition derbies. And I get so fired up that I'm cursing. I'm saying things in my helmet that I don't say in public. Have you had to watch what you say in the car, given that all these fans around here listening to what Christopher Bell is saying on the radio? I mean, I've never thought about it like that, but I, I would say in general, um, I, I, try and does it matter really yeah it matters we've had a couple people get in big big trouble for what they've said on the radio so uh yeah it certainly matters but i don't know i I, i've never thought about it like that because you're going 200 miles an hour daytona speedway people expect you to get out of the car or in the car and talk about planting flowers when in your head you're going this is bull yeah we're not going to be thinking about planting flowers for sure you know you're in the heat of the battle and and obviously whenever you're uh focusing on something so hard and, 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 you know, you're, you're, you're working. So imagine if, if people had radios whenever they're in their office. Right. But, uh, that's, that's essentially what we have. I'm fascinated at qualifying for the Daytona 500 and how the Toyotas look like you're sandbagging. And then you get out and you have the duels and you win the duel. Uh, 
were you sandbagging or is it just that these cars are working better in pack racing? Yeah, I wish I could say I was sandbagging, but no, you know, all of us ran the cars to their fullest potential. And, and I don't know if we had something screwed up in qualifying because we were a lot worse than what we expected to be. And generally speaking, we haven't qualified well on the super speedways. Uh, and, and we didn't expect to win the pole, but we certainly didn't expect to be in the back to pack either. So I can't speak on the car, uh, but I do know that everyone in the Toyota industry was, was perplexed about why we qualified so bad. And, uh, whenever we got in the race, it was obviously a, an amazing turnaround and all of our Toyota cars were super fast. So, um, I, yeah, I, I don't think qualifying has any bearing on what's going to happen. When we started Speed Freaks almost 24 years ago, it was still win on Sunday, buy on Monday. And then the manufacturer rivalry from our standpoint kind of died down. But the last three or four years, it seems to have picked up. It's part of the conversation. The Fords are doing this, the Toyotas, the Chevys are doing Do you feel the intensity now coming back up with the manufacturer versus manufacturer? Yeah, it's interesting you say that because it feels like the introduction of the next-gen car, which would have been three years ago now, really separated the manufacturers and by the end of the previous generation car all the cars were pretty good at whatever track and it was just a matter of the driver team execution and really the ports could win anywhere the toyotas could win anywhere the chevys could win anywhere but whenever they introduced the next gen car all of the components that go underneath the body are the same across all three manufacturers so the only thing that's different is the bodies that are on the cars and the, each manufacturer has their own bodies and they each have their strengths and weaknesses, which really separated the manufacturers. So, for example, Chevrolet has had a stronghold on the Daytona 500 qualifying. Well, that's because their car or their body was really suited for this track and this style of racing. Uh, the Fords were a little bit off at some racetracks, and then they were really good at uh, Atlanta for whatever reason. They were super fast. The Toyotas were really good at the intermediates. So... Um, it does feel like, and I felt the same way, that the manufacturers have gotten a little bit more separated since the introduction of next year. One last thing. My mom owns a Camry. And when Camrys first came out, and I'm not knocking Camrys because they'll last 200,000 miles, no problem. But they just weren't cool cars. NASCAR has made Camrys cool. When I hear Camry come out of a driver's mouth, I'm going, yeah, it looks badass. And you've again, you've made it popular for a younger generation. Yeah, I mean, Toyota's knocked it out of the park these last couple iterations of the, of the Camry, and uh, hopefully this Camry is the fastest one yet. You talked about, sorry, one last thing. You talked about you never thought you'd be NASCAR racing, stock car racing. Growing up, I imagine World of Outlaws, when the Knoxville Nationals, Chili Bowl, those were the creme de la creme for you. But now that you're running NASCAR, is Daytona, does Daytona, still does it hold that special place for you now i mean i think for the general population the daytona 500 is is the biggest race of the year um but probably in the industry i would say darlington's up there you know daytona is a super speedway that has drafting and you know you have to rely on teammates it's just a different style of racing where darlington the southern 500 in particular is that's a driver's racetrack and the best driver is going to succeed at that style of track so um, Daytona 500 would be amazing, but the Southern 500, that's what we're after. It caught me off guard when he said that, but then I thought about it and I thought, yeah, that's a driver's track where you've got to drive that track. It makes all the sense in the world. 
your Statman scat coming up next hour. But Statman, if you think about it, Darlington, I mean, that's a wild card type track for really any driver's capability. So that, I understand. Yeah, it's also the history. It's been around a long time and uh, drivers like to do well. And probably some of the older people on the team probably have a little nudge, nudge. Hey, who's going to do better at uh, Darlington and the Darlington Stripe and all of that stuff? Uh, I don't know that the drivers, man, maybe I'm wrong. I'm not a driver and I'm not in the paddock, but uh, yeah, I, that's that surprised me to hear that. I would have thought places like, um, I don't know if it, he didn't mention uh, Las Vegas, that's where Fords do well. Um, I don't know, Darlington surprised me though, yeah. But you crash I think it's because of the history and, and just, the tradition there, not just for drivers, but for fans. The entire weekend is ju it's just a big weekend on the NASCAR schedule. It always has been. So, yeah, that doesn't really surprise me that much. But to your point of it being a driver's track, that makes much more sense than a Daytona or a Talladega because we've had drivers ad nauseum tell us, you, Joe Blow off the street can drive Daytona. It's banked so well that you could do it. You may crash. But you could definitely do it. Can Joe Blow from the street drive Darlington and, be, and do anything right? Probably not.